1: Welcome to First Bite, our pride of Detroit midweek podcast. Coming to you a little early this week, We're recording on Wednesday night. I would call this NFL Combine Eve, as the uh, the on-field drills will begin Thursday in prime time, because that's a thing now. Uh, anyways, my name's Jeremy Reisman. I'm the editor-in-chief over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online with me as always. For First bite is our good friend. Uh, according to Zoom, he is Mayan Rathews. Uh, You may know him better as Ryan Matthews at Render's Corpio
2: POD. Ryan. I will say that there was a time I can remember being at an Outback Steakhouse for my grandmother's birthday. And it was like two 30 in the afternoon and the combine was on like, that's how much it used to matter, uh, in the eyes of the NFL. And now it is seen as another cash cow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, we'll, we'll see how, uh, entertaining it truly is. We've, we've already seen some, some big names drop out of the, the drills, including, uh, your own Malik Willis will not be measuring. He will be doing some of the QB drills, uh, condolences for that.
2: It's all right. He's he's gonna be throwing. You know, that's the important thing. I think everybody knows he's fast, right? Right? So that's a fair point.
1: Yeah. Uh but we're not gonna talk too much about all that stuff. We are gonna focus today mostly on the uh the press conferences that the Dan Campbell and and general manager Brad Holmes had on Tuesday. Um also, interestingly enough, Ben Johnson met with the, the media kind of off to the side, uh, we didn't, we didn't get video of that. So we can only really pull quotes from the, the beat writers on staff there, but we're going to talk about all of that um, because there was some interesting news that they dropped. Um, I, I would say in general, Dan Campbell tends to have looser lips than, than Brad Holmes, but uh, let's, let's get into, I think what was the biggest news of the days and, and well, one, one big news that led into the bigger news, which let's start with the coaching changes. That was okay. kind of the, the, the newsy news uh, where something tangible actually happened. The Lions did replace Mark DeLeon as the the inside linebackers coach. They replaced him by shifting over Kelvin Shepard. And then the tight end coach, uh, which obviously used to be Ben Johnson, is now Tanner Engstrad. Not, not a surprise there. Um, I, I basically called it. He basically took the job over mid midway through the season. But the Kelvin Shepard one is a little bit more interesting. One, because they essentially fired a dude, um, which is interesting in and of itself. And, Based on, on what I heard, it was it sounded like maybe it was kind of more performance based, which makes a little sense. Alliance didn't have great inside linebacker play last year.
2: But I think the bigger news It was bad. It, it was, it was bad. bad. It was bad. Don't, I think. Yeah, do yeah, don't beat around the bush. Like Alex Anzalone for all he did last season and Jalen Reeves Maben. I mean, those two guys were in the top six in missed tackled percentage. Yeah. And I think I think after we saw
1: what we saw in the preseason, we we expected more progression out of Derek Barnes and we didn't really get it. For sure. Um, But I I think maybe the underlying reason for this change, or at least the reason why Kelvin Shepard is moving into the interior, it's because the Lions apparently are going to be uh, incorporating some more 4-3 elements into their defense. And now doesn't – Dan Campbell made sure to say they're not going to be only a 4-3 defense. We're not even sure if they're going to be a majority of a 4-3 defense, uh, but they're going to be incorporating more of it, which means more off-ball linebackers, which means you need your off-ball linebackers to play better. than than they have so um let's let's start there because uh i I guess let me let me ask you do you think this is a a big deal because it obviously drew a lot of attention uh dan campbell got bombarded with questions uh uh, during you know his press conference and one point i had to stop and say listen guys it's it's not as big of a deal as you're making
2: it but is it like is is this significant to you no not at all (laughs) No, not really, not at all. You know, what's what significant is more so the comments that they made uh, in regards to, like, the positional versatility of some guys and how they'll be able to facilitate yeah. having, uh a, you know, more 4-3 mix in with with 3-4 looks because of, you know, the the promise that, you know, players like Levi Onsarike shows as, you know, somebody who can play nose tackle and 3 tech and even shift out and play some defensive end, like – what is so refreshing about this is you have a coaching staff now that is in stark contrast to the Matt Patricia era of, we need players to fit our scheme. Like right now, the lions are, we will get players and we will figure out where they work and how they will best serve this team winning football games. And that, that is a big thing. Like yeah. that is a bigger takeaway from, Hey, we're going to a four or three uh, more so than a three, four. It's not, Oh my gosh. Like now we need to consider all these different players that they no, like turn off your Matt, Patricia, Bob Quinn brains. Like this is, this is, that's good. I, that was my biggest takeaway
1: that, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. That was going to be one of my main points here is that, wow, we have a, we have a coaching staff that said that when they say like, we are going to adapt our scheme to our players, they actually mean it. Cause how many times did Matt Patricia say like, Oh, we're versatile. Like we want players that, that can make us more versatile and we can move things around and, and fit. no, that never happened. Like they, they were one of the most rigid defenses I've, I've ever seen in my life. It took them until like the last couple of weeks for them to really try anything new under Matt Patricia. And now we've got a staff that one year and was like, you know what, three, four didn't really fit us as, as well as we thought it might. Let's, let's try to shake things up. Let's try to get Levi, you know, in, in a place where he can succeed more than he did last year. Let's maybe not drop our, our edge guys into coverage as much as as we did last year, because that's not something that necessarily they're as good at. And so, yeah, I'm with you. Like that is the main takeaway. I, I, I won't say it, it doesn't mean anything that they're going to be in three, four, but I do. I, I mean, everyone's like, Oh my God, like now we're going to draft Aiden Hutchinson That Like that's so clear. Like that's, Pure BS, right? Like the 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 chance that the Lions are going to draft Aiden Hutchinson did not move at all with this
2: announcement. Correct? No, like I, I mean Dan Campbell said as much, right? Like I mean he essentially said like this isn't going to like change our approach to the draft all that much. Like our, the the players we like are the players we like, uh, you know, as, as, I mean, I'm not quoting him by any means, but I, that was the vibe that I got from his response to questions about like, how is this going to change your draft board and things like that? So um, I, I will say though, to your point, Jeremy, you know, Dan Campbell mentioned that when, when he said, you know, quote, like it it wasn't going to be a big deal um you know a lot of it is what we did in the back half of the season anyways and oh wow not so coincidentally that was the better half of the season for the Detroit Lions so it, it was almost like they it was almost like they did a performance review and they were like oh the inside linebackers really struggled seems like when we went to more looks like this we played better let's 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 steer the ship in a different direction. Subtly. Like it's a subtle change. Sure. It's a subtle change that benefits the roster now and moving forward. So I, I, I want to know though, like if, if I can ask you a question, like what does this do with Trey flowers? Like, does this make Trey flowers a more indispensable piece or I don't know? Like what, what, what does it do for the future of him?
1: I, I, I still think it's written in stone that that guy has to be gone. The, the contract is just too much. He's, he's too old. he has been going through a lot of injuries lately. I don't think this changes much. Like Dan Campbell went out, Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes were both asked about Trey flowers and both went out of their way to say, like, in terms of like intangibles, in terms of, you know, the kind of guys that we want here, like he fits that. And, and of course he does. Like he's, he's a hard worker. Doesn't complain you know, one first guy there, last guy off the field kind of guy, but that doesn't change the fact that one, he hasn't been able to, to make the field often Two, he's getting up there in age he comes with just a, an enormous cap hit that the line shouldn't. I mean, they, they got along fine without him last year. Like that. I, I don't think you sit, you would see the defense perform a, a lot better in terms of, you know, edge play with him in the lineup last year, period. And so you you can say all the nice things you want and I, I if you listen to to Brad Holmes's answer about uh about Trey Flowers, uh, I'll read it here. It it, it it and if you if you listen to it too, he just you can see he's trying to like work his way around calling it a bad contract. He says we'll keep an open dialogue with Trey and his camp. I think that's the best thing to do in all these kind of situations, whether it's players on expiring contracts or whether it's players. And this is where he's like how or whether it's players with a bad contract how do i say whether it's players eh, whatever contract status it has you just keep a dialogue open and so like to me it's just he's he's they're 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 buttering him up in a way that they're not committing to him and saying like listen he and and that's the thing like when when dan campbell talked about him he talked about his intangibles he didn't really talk about his on-field production um and so i i think you know, it, it it would be a better fit for Trey Flowers, for sure, in, in more 4-3 looks. I think we all agree that he's not the greatest in dropping into coverage, and, and when Matt Patricia asked him to do that very infrequently, it didn't go particularly well, but um, I, I don't think this really changes anything with him. Unless, unless he takes a drastic pay cut, which at this point in his career, I don't think he necessarily should, especially to stay with a rebuilding Lions team. Uh, I, I don't think it changes anything with Trey Flowers.
2: Yeah. And, and, and I don't want to jump too far ahead. Cause I know this is in our notes later, but you know, encouraging news about Romeo Aquara. So it sure. seems like, you know, if, if the lions feel confident about his ability to get back on the field, it does make Trey flowers a little bit easier of a, you know, con, you know, cap casualties. So, you know, that is, that is what it is.
1: So, yeah. Um, I, I am kind of interested in, in how it affects some of the other guys on the roster. We mentioned Levi. I, th- I think this is good for him. I'm not, as sure if it's good for Aleem as, as kind of a, a strict nose tackle, it seems like he'll be maybe more of a, a situational guy. Um, maybe, maybe they have a, a slightly bigger need for a more versatile guy. You know, they don't need another nose. So I feel like, you know, what's the name of the Georgia kid that everyone knows? Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis. I think yeah. that that's probably out the window at this point. Um, but I think, I think maybe more so than anything, it, it might impact the linebacker group more than anything because, um, you know, like I said, now you kind of need more off-ball linebackers. Where, where in a three-four, you have two on the field; for three, you would have three on the field. But, but it's also important to to note that four just because you're in a four-down set, doesn't mean you have three linebackers. You're you're obviously in a nickel and dime a lot, which means you still only have two linebackers on the field. And and one of the things Campbell said is specifically, he's hoping having four down linemen frees them up, right? Because they are trying to get lighter. They are trying to get faster at the linebacker level. So if you have more beef in front of them, well, then they're more free to play downhill. That's, that's the word he kept using. We want to, we want to be going downhill first. And we want them to be run and hit and take the blocks off them. So you know they're hoping to free these guys up so that Derek Barnes can be kind of the crazy downhill threat that, that we've seen him be in, in the preseason. And so I think this might be something that really be- benefits Derek Barnes more so than, than maybe anybody on the field
2: if it all works to plan right again again you know tailoring things to what best fits your players strengths and i think that i mean that that goes without saying for Derek barnes like you said a player who at purdue played defensive end before he became a linebacker off the ball you know in his last season so it seems like those are the type of things that that would benefit his skill set um do you want to talk about how the lions are going to draft chad muma to, to be another linebacker to <laughs> maybe, I mean, everyone, that's like the everyone in their mother is is at in the third
1: round or sometimes at 34. Yeah. I, I, but yeah, I mean, I linebacker shoots up. I mean, it was already pretty high on the, on the needs list, but it, it, it's up there, right? Like, I think, I think this improves the chance of, of Jalen Reeves maybe coming back. Although I think that those chances were already probably pretty high mm-hmm. and yeah, I think picking a, a, um, a linebacker on day one or day two, which again, already was probably pretty high probabilities. Now, maybe even a, a tad higher.
2: I think now all of a sudden too, it might even open the door for them to double dip at that position with, sure. with the picks that they have, because, um, you know, I, I think they're trying to, cause I mean, we, we can all just put this in in pen, right? Like Alex Anzalone is not going to be a Detroit lion. Probably not. Year. I'm not,
1: I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Like he, I don't know his, I don't want to ever read too much into someone's the Instagram, Instagram message. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's I've been burned too many times by that. Um, <laughs> but, but you do kind of think like, that's a guy that if they were going to bring back, maybe they, they make that kind of a priority and already get it done. So maybe not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do in free agency first. Like yeah. if, if they, if they, if they go grab a veteran guy again, like Anzalone, or if they invest a little bit more heavily in, in the position, and maybe somebody like Devondre Campbell or something, who knows? But it's clearly, I think both of us can agree, it's clearly like a, a, a huge priority now that they're they're making this shift, and and you know they they just need better linebacker play. Yeah, hey, but they already re-signed Josh Woods. There it is. There's your there's your LB two. Boom. Done. <laughs> it's not even in need. Yeah. Stop. Stop mocking Mooma to the lions. It's over. We're done. We're done. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take a break. We're going to
1: talk a little bit more about what was said in these, uh, in these press conferences, including maybe some hints as to what they do in free agency, maybe some hints into what they do in uh, in the upcoming NFL draft. So stick with us on the special edition, really just a normal first bite, but no guest. It's just us talking about NFL combine press conferences. We'll be right back.
2: Just the two of us.
1: and we are back here on first bite, breaking down the press conferences of Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell at the NFL combine on combine Eve, as the drills get underway Thursday night. Uh, let's talk, let's talk wide receiver because boy, the lions sure want one and they don't care who knows it. Uh, kind of amazing because we, we heard it from Antoine Randall L a couple weeks ago at the senior bowl. We heard it from Dan Campbell uh in, in, in this week, and and Ben Johnson, who also met with the media, although not publicly, just kind of to, to the local group of guys there, um, made it pretty darn clear they want an outside receiver. Uh, let, me, let me quote him. He says, we feel like we attack the middle of the field really well. The more we can expand both vertically and horizontally outside the numbers and deep down the field, that's going to make those guys on the inside much more dangerous. Now, this isn't a surprise. Like, we all know they need outside receivers. They don't have... Any, and and I, I, I to, to back up on that a little bit, like Antoine Randall did some say some some nice things about Quintus Cifas at the senior bowl. I think there's a chance he competes for maybe a wide receiver two spot on this roster, but they need a wide receiver one, they need an outside guy, and maybe it's Josh Reynolds. I doubt it at this point. Um, but I, I don't know. First of all, are you surprised to see the Lions? that open and honest about what is a clear need of theirs?
2: A little bit. Like, I don't want to say that they're completely tipping their hands, but it does seem pretty interesting. Um, it it does seem, it does seem pretty transparent. I mean, just with, with the way that they said, you know, and and it wasn't just one guy, right? Like, I I think that's what kind of speaks volumes is that it was Brad Holmes. It was Dan Campbell. It was Ben Johnson. Like, take it back to, like you said, Antoine Randall over the senior bowl. Like right. It, now it just got specific, right? Yeah. Like now, now it just went from, you know, Antoine Randall, like, Hey, we should, you know, we should get a wide receiver in free agency and draft a couple. And now it's not, now it's them telling you that they have a type. Right. It's like, Oh, that's even more interesting. Yeah. And, and to me that, that is interesting because I think Ben
1: Johnson kind of talked out both ends of his mouth there because at, at one point he said something like, listen, I don't care if they're small and they can separate or if they're big and can jump up and get it. Like, we just want an outside receiver that can stretch vertically. But then he said something that made it really sound like, no, he wants a big – like, he wants size. Because he said, quote, think about it. When we get down there, talking about the red zone, the size matchups make a huge difference. That was another thing we brought up. How many times did we really throw it outside the numbers when we got down there tight and probably – it was probably below average. That's something we need to look at and explore. They need size in the red zone. They don't have anyone with size in the red zone. And I know that's different than stretching the ball vertically, but who's going to go up and jump, jump up and get a ball. Who's going to throw not, not, not that I'm a huge fan of the fade in the red zone, but it's nice to at least have that option. And the lines don't really have that. They don't have anyone that can do that. I don't know if Quintus Cephas is, is I think he did it once, maybe like on a two point conversion, but They don't have that. And so it was pretty clear to me that Ben John's like, no, we need a tall, big, speedy outside receiver. And that to me is is maybe, like you said, a a little bit surprising that they're not only saying that it's a big need, but they have a type.
2: Right. Yeah. They have a type. And the good thing for them is that there are, there's, there's a ton of different names. Right. And and we talk about how, how difficult it is to make sense of, um, you know, where everybody kind of falls in terms of their rankings with with wide receivers because there's so many different flavors, right? There's so many different kind of guys that do different things that you have to assume that at 32 or at 34, the Lions really are probably in the market depending on what they do in free agency, right? Because that could always change everything. Right. But I, I think that at 32 or 34, they have to be in the market for a guy because they're undoubtedly will be some guys there that fit the profile that they're looking to, to grab, whether it's um, whether it's a name that's kind of like, you know, moving up draft boards, like North Dakota States, Christian Watson, who knows if he'll he'll get that high, but I mean, there, there's tons of guys. There's, there's David Bell. There's, there's George Pickens a guy that would probably really endear himself uh, because of his, his blocking aptitude. Sure. Um, Justin Ross, Justin Ross from Clemson. Big receiver, six foot four, Um, you know, some medical things to to think about with that. But I, I guess my overall point being that they, they'll be able to find a, a speedy guy or they'll be able to find a big, tall, you know, target that that the Lions quarterback, whoever that is, will be will be throwing the ball to, you know, where they can also find some pretty talented wide receivers.
1: Free agency, Probably, man before the draft right yeah. yeah free agency's got a lot of options and i don't know listening to them talk and i know people are trying to dissect that you know behind the den or inside the den video where they're talking about free agents and people are convinced they're, they're talking about Allen robinson at one point but like i i listen to these press conferences and i think them going after Allen robinson is not out of the question
2: am i crazy no, I don't think you're crazy by any means. You're my friend. Um <laughs> No, I Alan Robinson makes a lot of sense, right? Um, and I think for for a lot of reasons that'll probably be overblown, like the whole hometown sure. connection, this, that, or the other thing. I think Alan Robinson probably just wants to go play ball where he's going to get Um, where he's going to get the ball thrown to him accurately and where he's going to be able to finally get out from underneath years of Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy doing whatever he did with Justin Fields a year ago, you know? So, um, but I mean, he totally, I mean, he fits the mold, right? I mean, it's just about the cost. It's about the cost and and the culture.
1: Right. And I don't, I don't know Alan Robinson personally. I don't know what he's like. But I do seem to recall that he was he was talking a little trash about how his targets went down like by forty last year like he he just like and listen like if if you think you're a number one receiver and your targets do go down by that much you you have a right to at least be upset taking it publicly is a is a different thing and and the lines will have to work through that but i think we we understand how important culture is to them, right. Right. They they keep talking about like we want the right kind of guys here. And so I think temperament and that sort of stuff matters. And and again, I don't know Alan Robinson personally, so I can't speak to his temperament and, and ability to, to get along with in, in the locker room and, and his work ethic, all that stuff. I, I can't speak to that. I just know that a little bit of a little bit of public complaining is not the greatest look for someone
2: not the best no not by any means i i think there's a couple of guys though like allen robinson is a name mike williams is a name not to sure. give anybody um you know flashbacks. bad flashbacks to uh to another large large wide receiver who uh had had high hopes but i mean he's another guy 6 foot 4 that you would that you'd want to put outside that could be that big target um you know even even dj shark i mean sure. i think dj shark could be could be you know somebody who, who could be on the lions radar and and he would obviously I think cost a little bit less than somebody yeah. like Mike Williams or Alan Robinson, just because of the injury concerns and stuff. But here, here's, I think the, the point that we're all kind of inching towards free agency is just going to be much more interesting this year, right? It is. Um, I, I,
1: I don't think the lines are going to be crazy. I I think, you know, they, they were very, very careful this week talking about like, they they have to be very selective and they still want to build through the draft primarily, but at the same time, like, Brad Holmes also made it kind of clear, like the one year deal thing. That was, that was a specific plan last year. We got more assets right. this year. He says, I, I like this quote from me. He says, I guess you could say that the universe universe is a lot more open to us this year. So they, they know they have at least a little bit more opportunity to go and get a, a big guy or two. And, and yeah, that's why I think wide receiver has, has a chance to being a, a place where they get a, a big name. Um, we, I think we've already talked Marcus Williams to that. So you know that's that remains something, right. uh, but yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see. It, it should be. It should, I mean, we're only literally the the night we're recording this is two weeks away from the the beginning of the new league year, so it's going to come 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 up, it come, come up it- us on it quickly. It, it can't happen soon enough though. Right. Like it really, yeah. because here, like <laughs> I know we all love the NFL draft, but it doesn't, to me, NFL draft season doesn't really start until free agency ends because we keep saying the lines need this line. We don't know what the lines are going to need it. Come draft time.
2: Right. Yeah. There, Chances are a lot a, of things. This- there's a very important player acquisition phase that happens before yes. the, before the draft. And I, I agree. I agree with, with what you're kind of laying down and, and, and with what, you know, lions brass was saying in terms of, they still have to be selective. They're not going to go out and New York giants themselves, right. But um, which, which you don't want your team to do, but by the same token, a really interesting case study in like what the Cincinnati Bengals did last season, you last know, in, season, in their yeah. off season, yeah, they opened up the pocketbook. They spent on guys like Trey Hendrickson. Um, you know, they they spent on they spent on players that that made them better uh through free agency. So it, it's always like that pipe dream of like, yeah, building through the draft is the right way to do it because you get all these player-controlled contracts and stuff. But you gotta pick you, you, you have to pick your spots. And it sounds like the Lions are finally gonna be picking their spots the way that they want to, not because of how they had to do it last year, like you mentioned with the one year you know, contracts. And that was really just a stopgap here. That was, that was because of the constraints of the salary cap. All right, let's move on to a couple of quick hitters here. Uh, positive
1: updates from Jeff Okuda and, and Romeo um, uh Dan Campbell says, as long as everything stays of course with their recovery, then we should have, we should have them hopefully by training camp at least on a limited basis, which would be good. So we're hoping for the season on both of those guys that they're ready. So it sounds like, and and we've seen videos of Jeff Okuda too, like even changing uh, directions at nearly full speed. So it seems like he might be, you know, fingers crossed, full go come training camp time. I think Romeo's a a bigger question. Obviously his injury happened a few weeks later, and we haven't really seen any updates from him. Uh, maybe Maybe the bigger news is that they, is that he was, Dan Campbell's asked whether Okuda, um, they're considering a move to safety. He said, right now we see him as a corner, but he didn't close the door on it because then he says, but then look there again, a lot of this will be, as we continue to discuss, depending on who we add or or wh- how we add, you never, you never know. He's, he left the door open for a move to safety. I, I think, I still think that talk is premature, but again, it, it kind of speaks to that fluidity that this staff has where they don't mind moving guys around. They don't mind playing Will Harris at nickel. They don't mind shifting people around and, and just seeing where they fit best. So Okuda at safety is something that could happen. It's just not something they're looking at right now.
2: Yeah. It seems premature, yeah. right? It seems like one of the things where you're trying to get out ahead of, okay, maybe the Achilles injury did zap him of, of, of some of that juice, but I think it's all just premature um i choose to instead be very encouraged by the 30 second clips i see of jeff okuda running around and changing directions and hopefully he's going to make uh, certain people from certain networks eat a whole lot of crow so <laughs> that's where i'm at with jeff okuda uh I, i'm glad you said crow and not something else
1: uh <laughs> uh the the other kind of interesting note that i pulled um Dan Campbell talking about the traits that he's looking for in a quarterback and mobility was something that kept coming up and basically said, it's not that important to him. Um, if, if certainly to be able to make something happen, and I'm quoting here, um, if a play breaks down, that helps. But I think more than anything, I still think you've got to find the right guy. It's gotta be the right guy for you. And I'm not so caught up in what's a guy's mobility. What's not, can he make some play with his legs? I just want, to know that he's the right fit and the right makeup internally before he externally comes into play before the external comes into play. So he's looking for the right mindset. He's looking for, again, like it's, it's a lot about personality. It's about grit. It's about, I'm not going to do it again. Uh, it's about, you know, just, just having the the right mentality, the, the right work ethic, and um, the ability to lead is something other um, that, that he mentioned. And, I don't know. Did, does that mean anything to you? Do you are, are you upset like he isn't looking at, you know, quarterbacks these days? All of them are are mobile. You're, you're Josh Allen's, you're everybody. Mahomes, even, even Aaron Rodgers a little bit mm-hmm. has some mobility to him. Are, are you dismayed at all by the fact that maybe that isn't a priority for him? I think it's just a bummer
2: that they had to trade Matthew Stafford. <laughs> like they they had the guy you know what i mean and he was yeah. just ready to move on so uh, you know when when i think about a guy who like you know i, I think he even specifically talked about like tom brady and having pocket yeah. presence and yep. um you know being able to do that but you know Stafford was a guy who we always affectionately referred to as wheels because he he would every once in a while he would he would hop on that bike and start going but right. i i I don't think it's discouraging. Like I don't think it's like, oh, he's totally fine with a statue like Jared Goff playing, you know, under center. Right. Um, but I also don't think that. I don't think that. I, I'm just excited that he that they're ready to find the right guy. Like, and that it's not really dependent upon, you know, their their play set or their 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 skill set or their play style. Um, they okay. should probably just draft Malik Willis. So. <laughs> Wow, you, you got a Matthew Stafford and a
1: Malik Willis in there. I'm sure a lot of our fans are really happy about both those things.
2: Um, Let I Can I close oh, things I out? did that. I did that for a very intentional reason. Now we can put Malik Willis as the image for the podcast. <laughs> for though. the podcast, yep. Yep, there we go. <laughs> uh,
1: I So I kind of wanted to end this out because Dan Campbell, as he is wont to do, really cut another promo at the end of his press conference. He was walking off. And someone asked one final question and it wasn't, enti- I didn't, you know, I can't really hear it completely, but it was something about how they finished the season, you know, the, with the win in green Bay and what it meant to the team and maybe carrying on the momentum or whatever it was. And halfway through his answer, he just turned into wrestling promo, Dan Campbell. And I kind of want to just read it word for word. I, I kind of want
2: to hear you read it word for word.
1: I'm not, I'm not going to do a Dan Campbell impression. I'm not, that good, uh, y'all heard my Flanders earlier in the week. It's it's just no, it's, I'm not gonna do it. But you ready?
2: Uh, I'm ready. I I wish you would try to do it a little bit like Dan Campbell. <laughs> but go ahead. i I might
1: try and then like completely fade into just my own. Voice. You
2: can bail. You can bail. Okay, it's fine. I just want you to try.
1: <laughs> Anybody that wants to come into our building. <laughs>
2: All right. Let's Christian, no, no, Christian Bale. us Christian Bale.
1: Anyone that wants to come into our building, if you want to know what we are about, we're about cutting it loose. We're about we're going to be aggressive. We don't cower from anybody. We respect all of our opponents, but we don't fear any of them. So if you want to come to Detroit, you're going to be gritty, and you're going to be with a bunch of guys that can that freaking love this game. They're going to be they're going to give all of their heart and soul, and we're going to cut it loose. So that's what we're about, and that's what they know.
2: All right, that was solid. That was solid. You know, as you did all, of, <laughs> as you did all of the hard work in terms of transcribing this. Yeah. Um, the one thing that you didn't transcribe is all of his um little like little utterances, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like if Dan can't, like you'd be like, all right, anybody that wants to come into our building, man, you know look, what? It, if you want to know what we're about look we're about cutting it loose man. yeah <laughs> we're gonna be aggressive man <laughs> um but i love it i the the best part about it though and like the quote doesn't do it justice is the way that he said the last word and he was gone yeah like oh he yeah walked he, off, he, <laughs> off.
1: he was off to start an oklahoma drill
2: uh I, can i ask you one last question yeah how many games are the Lions going to win next season? Thirteen. <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> and that's it. Mic drop. All right, we are going to end it there. Uh, we will have our With main- that Mickey Mouse schedule. <laughs> Mickey Mouse
2: schedule.
1: <laughs> uh, we will be back next Monday to recap the all the the online on field drills of the NFL Combine, but also mainly to preview. As we mentioned, free agency just two weeks away. at next Monday, it'll be just a week away. So our big free agency preview coming next Monday here, live on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Pride Detroit, or you can find us on any of your podcast apps. we we'll are also upload some highlights on YouTube. But until next time, for Ryan, I'm Jeremy. It's chaos. Be kind.